Welcome to Bible Believers Fellowship and the ministry of BBFOhio.com. I'm Pastor Greg, and I welcome you to our sixth study in the book of Jonah as we close out chapter 3, covering verses 5 through 10 in this study titled, Revival in Nineveh. For the conclusion of this two-part message, simply go to our website at bbfohio.com, then scroll down to the Most Recent Studies playlist, where you can watch the video or simply listen to the audio by clicking the appropriate button. That website again is bbfohio.com. And now we begin with the current events update and then our study in Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 through 10, titled, Revival in Nineveh. This is part one of two. For our current events update, brought to you by Jenny's Fine Cooking. Nice hot soup and cold cut sandwiches with cheese and pickles and everything else you want to put on there. And oh, we're eating good in the neighborhood, ain't we? But uh, we're going to start with the Anti-Christian Respect for Marriage Act. I don't know if you have seen this, but this passed the House. Um, a lot of uh, people, uh, 49 I think, Republicans, uh, voted for this in the House, including uh, Mike Carey out there where we're at, our representative. That's why we left him blank on the ballot. He still won. But uh, I won't vote for anybody who hadn't got enough sense not to vote for something like this. And I don't tell you who to vote for, but I'll tell you who I won't vote for. But uh, the Senate now is poised to vote on the misnamed Respect for Marriage Act to codify gay rights. Was that today? That was cloture they were supposed to vote on. I don't know if they actually voted on the bill, bill or not. But... Um, so uh, that may have already happened. This was late yesterday when I uh, found this article. But to help things along, the satanic, Masonic, Mormon cult has joined in with uh, the rest of the crew to support codifying sodomite marriage. Now, uh, they have, evidently this is, considered a reversal because they were involved in the 2008 effort to amend California's constitution to ban the same-sex marriage practice. But uh, this is their statement from the Mormons, quote, we are grateful for the continuing efforts of those who work to ensure the Respect for Marriage Act includes appropriate religious freedom protections while respecting the law and preserving the rights of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. If you are a brother or sister to an unrepentant LGBTQ person, then, well, that's true about the Mormons. They do not believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. Their Jesus is a created being, the brother of Lucifer. Their gospel is a false gospel, so that you can work your way to heaven. And uh, that sort of thing. So they're going to the same hell. Yes. Yep. Whether you're an unrepentant sodomite or an unrepentant Mormon, or if you're unrepentant anything, re- rejecting the deity of Jesus Christ, Amen. that He is God and not a man, not a created being. If you believe Jesus is not God, you're not a Christian. Yep. 
you're a that, that's what all the cults and false religions we've talked about there are a handful of things that all false religions uh, have in common and it, number one is they do not believe the Bible is the Word of God uh, they do not believe it is their authority number two they do not believe Jesus Christ is anything more than a created being the Jehovah's Witnesses believe he's an angel Michael uh, the New Agers just believe he's one of many with the Christ consciousness. The Hindus and Buddhists believe the same thing. And then uh, atheists, agnostics, and the rest uh, reject his deity. The Muslims, I get so tired of hearing people say, well, Muslims think highly of Jesus. <laughs> they, they believe he's created, and they don't believe he actually died on the cross. They believe they put up a counterfeit to die on the cross for him. So whoever's saying that, just ignorant. Or a liar. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you reject the Bible as your authority, you reject Jesus Christ of being born of a virgin, God in human flesh, who died on a cross, shedding his blood to pay for the sins of the whole world, and that he's the only Savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. If you add anybody to that list, you're not a Christian. And of course, that means you'll believe in Judgment Day, heaven, and a real hell. And the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and a bunch of the other cults reject the idea of hell and they turn heaven into something completely unbiblical. Quote, we believe this approach is the way forward as we work together to preserve the principles and practices of religious freedom together with the rights of LGBTQ individuals much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding. In quote, they ought to add to that to make the world a better place to go to hell in and to pave the way for the Antichrist. That's what this is all about. This was predicted by former Mormon Ed Decker, by the way, in God, the Godmakers. Um, I believe there's three videos, and in one of those he details the gay orgies and gay male prostitution among high-level Mormon leaders, including the deceased former president-slash-prophet named Gordon Hinckley. You can watch that on Rumble. If you just search for the true story of Mormon President Gordon B. Hinckley, the channel The Last American Vagabond has it on their channel. It's only about 28 minutes. It's interviews with people who were not didn't know each other, they were interviewed separately, and uh, some of them have already died and gone to their grave saying that what they, their testimony was true um, regarding all that. And that would explain why the Mormons are soft on the issue. Yeah. Number two, as in the days of Lot, continues to grow in apostate denominations. If you think that Christians should not warn about false churches, false teachers, and false denominations, you are duped. You are deceived. And you are not reading the same New Testament I read. Jesus warned of false Christ and false prophets. The Apostle Paul said that even grievous wolves would come in from your own midst and try to draw away disciples under themselves with false teachers. Uh, John warned of people like Diotrephus. Uh, Paul warned of uh, Alexander the coppersmith and Hymenus. You shouldn't name names. Well, I'm sorry. Jesus and Paul named names. 
Now, I'm not going to stand up here and pick on somebody who disagrees with me on, on issues that aren't fundamental to the faith and that sort of thing. Um, but the United Methodist Church, a, one of their regional bodies, elect, elects openly gay bishop in defiance of denominations rules. The most more important thing is it's in defiance of God's word. Amen. That's the guy on your right. A regional body of the United Methodist Church has voted to promote a man in a he's in a same-sex marriage, which is a fake marriage, it's not real, Amen. to the office of bishop, despite denominational rules prohibiting such a move, despite the word of God. At their official meeting last week, the UMC Western Jurisdiction, oh, yeah, it would be the left coast, <laughs> voted to make the reverend Cedric D. Bridgeforth of the California Pacific Conference of Bishop. Let me tell you something. It's bad enough you call any man a reverend. Amen. There's only one reverend in God's Word, and that's God. That's why I don't call me reverend. I'll take the title of pastor just so people have some idea. You know, it's nice for people to know who's who. But I don't want that title to become anything other than he's the pastor. And I was like, oh, you can see the glow. Well, then give me some powder. I'll cover it up. Because uh, there's no glow coming off me that isn't coming off anybody else who's full of the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Especially some sodomite. They're ministers of hell. Paul tells us this. You're just mean, Greg. Yes, I am, but I'm trying to mimic Paul. And I don't apologize for it. You just think you're the Apostle Paul? No, I don't think I am the Apostle Paul, but I'm shooting for it. Yeah. You can get over it if you don't like that. I'm going to do my best to be the Apostle. You say, why not Jesus? Because He's God. We follow Jesus, but we can't be Jesus. But Paul said you can follow Him as He followed Christ. And I can be just like Paul. I'm not there yet got a long way to go. Keep praying for me. But I'm going to keep trying. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Moroni. The fake Gabriel who gave Muhammad the Koran. All the apparitions of Mary. They're just light. They don't even see a woman. They come up later and say it's Mary. They see a light. Every one of them contradict Jesus Christ. Every one of them contradict the gospel. Every one of them are antichrist, and they're all light. Well, no wonder, no marvel. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. And they're all over the place on TV and radio. And they, get, they like to be called things like reverend and father and most high reverend. Holy father. And there's another one. Only one time in the Bible in John 17, it's Jesus calling his father in heaven, holy father. No man is ever to be called holy father. That's why we know the Pope is an antichrist. Anybody, you ever call me holy father? I'm not going to slap you because I don't want to go to jail, but I'm going to tell you to shut your mouth. <laughs> Whose end shall be 
according to their works. You know what I mean, the thing that means? You're a false teacher of preaching a false gospel. You're sending souls to hell. You're going to be right down the lowest levels of hell with the child molesters, Hitler, and all the cream of the wicked crop of humanity if you're a false teacher preaching a false gospel. That's, as, that's, a, that's worse than being a serial killer. If, if a serial killer kills somebody and they're saved, they'll go to heaven. If you're preaching a false gospel, you're sending someone to an eternal hell. And lastly, to the moon! But with a globalist, woke, and evolutionary agenda. This has been buried because, you know, we got so many more important things to talk about, like, you know, Nancy Pelosi's husband in running around his underwear and getting beat up with a hammer and that kind of thing. But the NASA has a new program, but it's globalist. It's called Artemis. You know, they had the Apollo, uh, what do they call it, the Apollo uh, mission. Now they have the Artem, Artemis mission. Why are we going to the moon? We're going back to the moon for scientific discovery, economic benefits, and inspiration for a new generation of explorers, the Artemis generation. While maintaining American leadership and exploration, here's the globalism, we will build a global alliance and explore deep space for the benefit of all. Global, globalism. Don't miss what the point is. Globalism. Everything they're doing, they're spending billions of dollars pushing globalism. They don't want you to be an American. They want you to be a global citizen. Barack Obama was the first presidential candidate to say, I am a global citizen. And it's now the fad thing to do. And now the United Nations comes in, they, even the local schools here. They'll have United Nations meetings where they, they actually have a mock set up like the UN Security uh, Council and the General Assembly and they'll pass globalist initiatives and that sort of thing practicing so that they might become a leader in the global community one day hey uh, you know some people see that stuff in the sci-fi thing they're like yeah man we need to have that so we can go where no man has gone before and that kind of stuff <laughs> this is not preparing for space travel this is all about the antichrist mark it down Woke. With Artemis missions, NASA will land the first woman and first person of color on the moon <laughs> using innovative technologies to explore more of the lunar surface than ever before, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I love the idea of anybody who is qualified and able going to the moon. Yeah. But I don't care what color you are. I don't care what sex you are. There's only two. But if you're male or female and you can cut it, you should go. My problem is, is what they're probably going to do is pick some people who probably aren't even qualified. Maybe if, they, if they're qualified, more power to them. But see, I just one thing that did kind of settle in when I was in school was we were supposed to not we were supposed to be colorblind. And I was told that, you know, uh, boys and girls, you can do whatever you want. doesn't matter whether you're a boy or girl. But now it's flipped on its head. The liberals are a bunch of racist and sexists. All they ever talk about is race and sex, race and sex. And now they're not satisfied being two sexes. Now they want to have 75 or something like that, genders. It's just insanity. But it's all 
look past the agenda. It's all to do away with God's Word. Amen. Globalism, God told you what He thought of that at Babel. Wokeism is to get rid of male and female, it's to, and it's to the nations shall rise against nations. And they're, they're pitting everybody against each other. Just like the Bible said they would. And it's evolutionary. And I'll just summarize this. They're hoping to find extraterrestrial life in order to bolster the evolutionary fairy tale. Because if they can come up with some form of life on another planet, say, see, it just popped into existence and, and evolved, or it may became, they call it panspermia. It may have come from an alien uh, advanced race way out there somewhere and they came and planted seeds of life on there you know it's just cuckoo for cocoa puffs <laughs> but they're grasping at anything that they can get rid of creation and its creator yeah. anything so that it's all natural and didn't involve a creator god that's the whole point if life exists out there it must have come from non-living matter and evolved and if you don't think that that's behind the agenda of NASA, you're clueless. They've been saying it since I was a baby. Example. This is from another website. Seven reasons why life might exist on other planets. Number one, theory of evolution. See? It doesn't say seven uh, reasons why we know there's life on... It, it's believing. Yeah, it's a religion. Also, number two, the mystery of the origin of life on earth. Biogenesis is impossible. Life coming from non-living matter is impossible. It's anti-scientific to believe that, and that's exactly what almost every scientist you will ever see on television and in the schools believes. They believe something that is completely anti-scientific, but then they'll say, you hate science. <laughs> And so forth. I could go on and on. But Bible rejecting, Christ rejecting superstition is what they call science today. And that's exactly what was involved with the COVID thing and the vaccines. People are still getting the shots and dropping dead. And, you know, people are just ignore all the people dropping dead for no reason. And, just, and people, not just that, that that never happened, but it's never happened at this pace among young people especially. And everybody, they just, oh, you know, I'm just blissful about my ignorance. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they're responding. But, Jim, look at the bright side. 38 days to Christmas. <laughs> All right. So, into our study. Jonah is finally preaching in Nineveh. <laughs> took a while but we're going to read about it Jonah chapter 3 verses 5 through 10 we have you read the even verses with me so I'll begin in verse 5 so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them for a word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. 
And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Amen? So we begin there in verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Putting on sackcloth was like, uh, how many of you can stand to wear a wool sweater without a shirt on under it? That's similar to sackcloth. And uh, man, I'd get wool sweaters when I was a kid and it would never fail. The, the collar would rub my neck and it ended up looking like somebody tried to strangle me because of the rubbing and everything um, but that that was a sign you were they did that in this day the same reason they fasted you were serious about your repentance and you wanted nothing to distract your mind to totally focus on God and getting right and getting things right. Um, now, minus, I'm not saying it's necessary to put on sackcloth, but this kind of response, wouldn't that be wonderful to see them here in America today? Oh, yeah. That's why uh, I do not participate in National Day of Prayer. Because I think it's, it's in the eyes of God, I think He's sick when He sees that. Because before he wants to hear your prayers, he wants to see repentance. And they'll come to these National Day of Prayer things, and it's, it's a lot of politics, a lot of pontificating, and there's rarely even a call for repentance. And so I, somebody did, I don't know if they still do this, but somebody a few years ago countered it with a national, what they called a National Day of Repentance and Prayer. Uh, the reason I didn't get involved in that is because it was so ecumenical. They had a bunch of people there that represented false religions. Well, that's not true repentance either. So, uh, also, you know, imagine around the world. Well, we won't have to imagine it one day because when Jesus returns, it'll be a global revival that takes place. <laughs> Well, there's going to be a sizable number because we're going to be in that number. Now, we'll be glorified. We're not going to have to repent to be a part of that revival, but all the people who have survived the tribulation without the mark of the beast who come into that kingdom, you better believe they're going to be repentant. And all Israel, the one-third that survives, they're going to mourn when they look upon Him whom they pierced. And that's, that's repentance coming out. So verse 6, for word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. He's laying aside his 
vestures. He's laying aside his, uh, you know, the fluff and the smoke and mirrors of royalty, and he's making himself just like everybody else in the country and covering himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. They actually would take and sit in ashes. They'd put them on their head, and they would cry out to God while they're throwing ashes on their head and that sort of thing. You'll still see that in the Middle East uh, among peoples over there that are still holding on to some of those old traditions. I don't think we'll ever see a president of any political party show such humility before God in the sight of citizens this side of the return of Christ. The major disappointment with Donald Trump was uh, his inability to grasp his need of salvation. And when he was asked, have you repented? And he's like, of what? You know, um, I'd love to see that man get saved and, and openly, publicly declare himself a Christian and that sort of thing. But uh, then you have Barack Obama who sat there in interviews and he didn't believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's, you know, he believes that as long as you're sincere. George W. Bush did the same thing in interviews. His dad, George H. W. Bush, did the same thing in interviews. I'm sure Bill Clinton uh, probably believes the same thing. They're all a bunch of uh, non-believers pretending they have a civil religion. They don't have a born-again new birth experience. And then you had people who've run, like John McCain, who claimed to be a Baptist, and yeah, whatever. Um, Mitt Romney, a good good Mormon, lost, not going to hell, but he's a good Mormon. Um, and, you know, Al Gore. <laughs> you know, um, I think, you know, uh, people like to say Jimmy Carter was a born-again Christian. He said he was a born-again Christian, but he also believed it's okay to 